0: Good morning. Welcome to the Long Live Alternative Parties Podcast. Free Press, Media Press, Inc., and Alternative Parties Books Publisher sponsors this podcast. I'm Andrew Bouchard. Welcome to the Long Live Alternative Parties Podcast. Today, we have a guest who's going to talk about exciting things like our guests always do. So, kindly introduce yourself to our audience by giving us a brief biographical sketch.
1: Okay, yeah. So, I'm Daniel Thornton. I'm the... Uh county chair for the Libertarian Party for Nueces County here in uh, Texas. Um, So I have a background mostly in the military, and I'm a school teacher now, so I retired from the military um, and then got into uh, teaching. So now I teach and coach uh, sixth graders, seventh and eighth graders. Uh, I got interested in the libertarian movement uh, pretty much after my son introduced me to it, and uh, I've sort of been... Uh, getting more and more involved as uh, as time has gone on.
0: Excellent. So since you were in the military and you're a school teacher, can you share how those experiences have influenced your political leanings?
1: Right. Well, so, I mean, being you know, I was in the military for 21 years and I spent all those years in the infantry and I deployed several times to Iraq and Afghanistan. Um, it's kind of I think one of the things that helped shape, at least for me, the idea of being a libertarian is their anti-war position. Uh, that's not to say that defense is not necessary uh, for any country. Obviously, it is. Uh, but my belief, at least, is that we we spend a lot of time on national defense, and it looks a lot more like national offense than defense, at least okay. in, since World War II
0: sure. Can you tell our audience... I'm sorry, go ahead.
1: Oh, no. I, I'm sorry. I was filling in. Go, go ahead.
0: How about the school experience?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, uh, you know, obviously, education is like a big uh, a big deal these days. A lot of people are uh, very uh, interested, at least debating uh, things like critical race theory. That keeps coming up a whole lot. Uh, recently the, you know, the governor of Virginia, uh, won his, uh, election purely on that idea of, you know, putting parents, uh, in charge of education, that sort of thing. Uh, I think from a libertarian perspective, we, we're always looking for, uh, a private way or private business solutions versus, uh, tax solutions to problems, uh, but in in the in the interest of just let's just say education alone and, and put that aside, just that one thing, um, you know, how are you going to deliver education to people? people? Uh, you know, how is that cost going to be be bore out? Uh, how can people who uh, economically don't have the means of say an upper middle class or or wealthy people, you know, how do they get there? You know. How do they get education funded? So that's a real issue that, you know, libertarians themselves have to sort of kind of contend with, and it's one of the things that I think uh, can be a a pretty strong position for people who aren't in the libertarian party, uh, like Democrats or Republicans who want to make or independents who want to make, you know, that their uh, focal point. Uh, Because I'm not necessarily sure libertarians have a very good solution for education. Um. Just from what I've I've noticed, I mean, I mean, one of the things you could do, I mean, I heard one libertarian talking about, you know, offering loans almost like the student loan program, uh, for people, or opening a school where teachers, you know, treat their classroom kind of the way like a, a salon or a barbershop treats a barber chair, where they pay, they rent space from there, and then however many customers they get could, you know drive uh how they pay for you know their classroom and their materials and supplies and things like that and i suppose that could work but once again you you're going to run into the problem of you know who can pay for this education who's going to you know and then you have the whole interest thing like i think social studies and let's be honest social studies is, is something that you could literally get for free uh just by google Right. If you really wanted to do it, if you really want to learn history, if you really want to learn geography, I mean, I get the free YouTube videos myself and use those as uh, teaching uh, tools and materials. So, I mean, social studies, that particular course, uh, you could almost eliminate from public school if you wanted to, um, you know, teach it yourself or teach it to your kids, Uh or, you know, Khan Academy, they're a completely free source. So um, in a way, maybe from my perspective, it would be putting me out of a job unless I wanted to teach, like, say, math or or uh English language arts, science even. But even those courses, to be honest with you, I mean, those are – you can get that stuff for, for free online if you wanted to. Um, but school itself offers something that um, – really isn't something that you can get for free. And that's a place for your children to go to while you're working. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's also an accountability program. And if you teach at a school like mine, which is very much, you know, the, there's just no way property taxes in our neighborhood would be able to afford the things um, that our school offers, like athletics and sports, uh school programs like the Broadcasting Club, uh, which is a club that I, you know, run. Um, so there's a lot of things. If you're talking about just education itself, you're probably uh, not going to find a really good libertarian solution for that unless you're willing to cut out things like extracurricular programs, um, and then that just kind of is, is left for those who can't afford it.
0: Interesting. So other than no. education, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead.
1: Oh, no, I'm, yeah, I was done. That okay.
0: So other than education, what are the other issues that your county and Texas in general are facing?
1: Well, right now, I mean, the biggest thing at least uh, is what we have, a water desalination. So we're, we're you know, obviously on the coast. And um, at least in public works, uh, we've had some issues with, um you know, we had to do water boils and obviously we have to deal with hurricanes and things like that. And that creates a problem for having clean water, uh, for people. And so we don't certainly fall under the Flint, Michigan category, but we do have issues, um, with our water supply. And so the the county and the really the city of Corpus Christi that right now they're in this debate on, you know, what project do we want to go with? Cause you can, you can, uh, Desalinization is just taking the salt out of water and making it drinkable. Well, the Navy has been doing it for a long time. Uh, you know, those ships, they have, uh, desalination. Uh, the question that is, is, comes down to who's going to pay for that, right? Like, so we also have a refinery here, and obviously they also, um, have a, a role to play. So what is their, their role as far as, you know, private equity? How much are they going to invest into it? That sort of thing. I mean, so that's one of the kind of the issues we have. We don't necessarily have a, a bigger issue than that right now. I mean, obviously we face the same uh, issues that almost every small government you know has to face. Um, you know how how do we manage things like um, the epidemic recently? You know how do we how do we manage you know mask mandates? Of, you know, that sort of thing. Um, how do we manage uh how where people can go and how many people can go shopping, that and that sort of thing. Our like a libertarian perspective would be, well, you know, let the businesses decide. You know, they they can they can wage that risk and they can they can determine that risk. Uh what are they willing to, to risk and then the people themselves, individuals, they can, they can weigh that risk. Do I want to go out in public and, you know, risk, you know, getting sick or, uh, or do we want uh, to just, you know, say, all right, the government takes control and they lock you down and they say, well, we're not going to do that, uh, anymore. Uh, but then how do you get people like things like food or, um, paychecks and how do they, you know, fill their gas tanks? Or, if they need if they absolutely need to go somewhere. Um that sort of thing. So that's when that's sort of been the bigger issues that we've that we've run into. Other than uh we don't really have a an issue as far as I can tell with like police force and, and how we're gonna do that. Obviously libertarians would consider uh you know, a private police force, um or some private entity uh getting in there. I'm not sure how that really works hundred percent. Um I do know that when you talk to, you know, police officers around, like I've talked to a few that were off-duty police officers who were uh, doing private security. And, you know, I asked them, like, what do you think, you know, about private security being, like, the primary uh, police force? And many of them have said that's not something that they would recommend. They they believe that a public police force is still um, the best solution uh, for that. Um, so – those are the issues that we kind of we run into here. Um, well, those things that we consider, like as libertarians, how they would consider things. Sure. But other than that, no, yeah, we. I mean, obviously, like I said, we, we run into the same problems, or we have the same sort of debates that everybody else has. How do we deliver services, and and how do those services get delivered through public and private, you know, enterprise? And that's that's really what it comes down to.
0: Sure. So how about a big issue? Is homelessness? How do? What solutions do you have to that?
1: Well, you know that's the thing, right? So we have a small homelessness problem in our in our city. Uh, okay. We had a few camps come up. Uh, there's oh, well, there's one camp in particular um, that you know that and there's uh, where the police have had to kind of come in there. And the question really comes down to um, identifying. And I, and I know people say this a lot. You know, how do we identify the the root cause of, of homelessness well I mean it could be many things uh, it could be mental health problems it could be uh, substance abuse problems that sort of thing I believe personally that you know legalizing substances that uh, people who can make that choice on whether they want to take and take those things or not um, could help eliminate some of that because then you kind of get it out into the public um, and have safer places uh to get these things um so that may that may, may help reduce homelessness um because that would be just be one cause but that, that's uh one of the root causes. Um mental health obviously is a is a huge factor in determining that. I mean um, getting uh getting rid of uh a lot of the public mental health facilities that we had actually did a a poor job of of managing homelessness. They created homelessness uh, by not providing them with a place to go or a place to to manage, you know, their mental illness. So uh, I think that would be sort of the main uh, problem. And, of course, I live near, uh, you know, I live near the border. I'm two hours away from the uh, Texas-Mexico border. And... uh, Libertarians would probably say, listen, the borders are are, are manufactured by man and, and borders aren't necessarily, uh, uh, something that we need as far as like if you have an open border system, uh, to where people freely pass through because freedom of movement is kind of a, a big part of what we believe in. I would actually suggest not putting up barriers as much as of putting in more border crossings, <laughs> you know, more places for people to cross and uh, and find that solution there and anybody who's not crossing. It's only one of the things like you legalize drugs, right? Now all of a sudden cartels have no reason to cross illegally. They do so legally and they they pay the, the entry fee, uh, the, the tariff or whatever goes along with that or um, and then all of a sudden you don't have you know, the violence that's associated with uh, you know, border towns and things like that. So um and then of course that helps, you know, us find people who are in the business of human trafficking because if they're not crossing at a border then they're obviously doing something wrong. And or at they're not crossing at a at a legal border crossing. So more legal border crossing goes back to their families, but their families are using that to pay the traffickers. So, if you eliminate that, um, well, I guess the word would be uh, the need for uh, people to cross borders illegally so that they could find work uh, in America or just a better way of life. Escaping, you know, I mean, the, the Northern Triangle of South America has, has long been a, a place for um, violence and, you know, government upheaval and, and that sort of thing. So they leave, naturally the push factor uh, to get away from that, you know, way of life and find a better way of life, better opportunities uh, somewhere else uh, that leads them to say, okay, well, I will on our conventions. Um, So we have our precinct conventions that will be coming up in February, uh, or I'm sorry, in March. Uh, And then uh, I think that's March the 8th. And then we have the county convention uh, that is the following Saturday. Uh, We have uh, the vice presidential candidate, Spike Cohen, who is going to uh, come and and meet with us and, and talk with us and we're gonna you know sell tickets for that event to uh kind of increase a little bit of revenue into the county uh libertarian county's uh you know uh outreach stuff so we can start doing some more more of those types of things uh, and mostly just uh send out the the message that the libertarian party you know message so we're pretty excited about that i mean to be honest with you new York county has has had a, uh, I don't know what the, the best word would be, in the, not necessarily non-existent, but not a very active uh, participation in, in politics, and so we, we would really like to find people who, you know, have our message and get them in some of the more local uh, 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 local offices and local positions. That's that's what we're we're working on now.
0: Sure. What are your responsibilities as county chair?
1: All right. So, excuse me. So, we organize the business meetings, right? And those are just the meetings to kind of decide on, you know, how we're going to spend any money if we have any, uh, we uh, get the bylaws uh, written out for the uh, the party. We go and uh, just do the door-to-door stuff, you know, when it's time to campaign, we we get out there, and well, if we have a uh, candidate who's running, then uh, we get out there and do kind of the same thing that in, that any other political party's uh, um, committee members do. We, you know, we try to promote that candidate, uh, get his his or her message out there uh, to the people, so that they you know know what choices they have. Um, and then we like to, have, you know, like I said, we like to plan events um, like that. That one with Spike Cohen that's coming up. Um, and so that's, that's pretty much where our focus is. And, uh, you know, just sharing whatever, uh, the platform is doing at the national level and state level and share it with our county, uh, members.
0: Sure. So for our audience out there, whether you live in your area, whether you live in Texas, in another area, or they live in some other state, how can they support your party?
1: Uh yeah, so it's pretty easy. You go to LP uh Texas dot org would, would get to like the Texas one and and then if you just go to um just type in and you search, you know, the Libertarian Party, um they'll take you to the LP page and you know, you can find your district and county, um and you can find whoever uh is in charge of your local area. Uh, or who's running? It's, you might even find a vacancy there that you can fill, which is how I I I became the chair. There was a vacancy, and I I, I uh, went to our our state guy Nathan Watts, and I asked him, you know, how do we how do we fill that vacancy? And he told me, and uh, that's I got affiliated with the party, and that was how it worked. So
0: if there's a vacancy and somebody wants a position and they're a decent person, they get the position. What if there's, if somebody wants to be chair then and there's another person, so there's election then? Is that how it works?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, you know, you go through a nomination process uh, just like you would in any other uh, position or political position. And, you know, they have a vote. And whoever gets the most votes they're the person that fills that position. So um, if they are unopposed, then they uh, then they just fill it that way I see and they have the same kind of positions you think like we have chair we have vice chair we have a secretary uh, and we have a treasurer position um right now we're looking to fill uh like I'm the county chair but I'm probably going to step into a secretary position uh we have another gentleman uh his name is Matt Wallace. um he uh, has a lot of experience, and so I might nominate him for the chair position. Uh, and if the votes come in, and then they will move into that. And then I'll move into the secretary position. And of course, we have a. Uh, if so if you're if you're in New County and you want to you know, the treasurer position or the vice chair position, those chairs, those positions will be open.
0: Excellent. All right. Thank you kindly for coming on the podcast today and sharing the exciting things that you are doing with your party.
1: Thank you. Thank you for inviting me on. It was a real pleasure.
0: All the best to you and your party.
1: Thank you. You have a good day.
0: You too. Bye now.